four, three, two, one, boom. We're live. We're back. It's a brand new week. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is September 24th, 2019. Tuesday, September 24th, 2019. My name is Gabriel Hernandez, and this is Kicking It With The King, episode 202. It, Like I said, it is morning time. It's beautiful outside. Um, like I said, we're not weathermen here on this podcast, but yeah, the weather's real nice and all that. So like I said, appreciate you guys for joining us here. Um, coming off a very long weekend, actually. That weekend was actually pretty long. I got done telling somebody yesterday how long of a weekend it was and how great I felt to be back into another productive week, back into reality. Obviously, like I said, that was like one of the longest weekends ever, even though it was the same amount of days that it normally is. Just amount of what you do throughout that time and stuff. So my weekend, obviously, it went it went good. It, 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 was, it was productive, like I said. Um, and, you know, um, just did the normal, man. Just hang out, hanged out, relaxed, didn't really do anything too crazy, hanged out. Um, cousins came over. Obviously, uh, there, was, there was fights on and all that. But I didn't really do too much crazy things or anything like that. But um, just the norm, so do have some things coming up, some interesting stuff, some exciting things. Obviously, the holidays are coming up, obviously, rather sooner rather than later. So, um, I'm going to go visit uh, some family in, uh, I think it's New York or Long Island or so, uh, so, coming up for Thanksgiving. So, that should be good. Excited about that. I haven't traveled. I mean, I have traveled. I mean, I've been to other states and stuff in the last couple of years, but I haven't been that far. And when I was younger, I did go to uh, New York City. I've actually been to actual New York City. I've walked. It's just like the movies, man. You walk into the... Uh, the city and the main, that, that part, this is the main part in the city, like where all those fucking taxis are, all that traffic is real, all that shit is real, except nowadays, and in 2019, 2020, there's Ubers, Lyfts everywhere, and just so much has changed since then, so, like, obviously, I'm excited to, to, to be back in that kind of state, be back in that kind of position, it's, it's, it's interesting and exciting, obviously, I've always, I went on planes since I was, like, 11 years old, so... Um, I was kind of fearful of planes after, like, you know, just looking at shit in the news. I mean, disappearing flights and shit. That flight M three seventy or something like the Malaysian fucking airlines and shit. That shit disappeared off, off the off the books. Conspiracy, by the way. But um, I mean, it did. I was looking at that literally every single day in high school, looking up new updates and all these different things, whether or not it was uh, going to be found or not. But it turned out not to be found, and you know, essentially move forward. That vaulted and 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 skyrocketed my fear of planes but now i just have faith in myself i have faith in a lot of different things so i don't know i mean i I don't give a fuck what a historic way to die what a fucking crazy method crazy way to go out but that's not the case here i'm not scared i'm not worried because we're going thanksgiving's coming up thanksgiving is one of my uh most favorite holidays um I mean, I think it's because when you're sitting back and you're thinking about, like, all the people you care about, all the things you've been through, you just, like, you sit back and you get a chance to really highlight those things. So that's, like, why I feel like Thanksgiving is really cool because you get to, like, you just get to, I don't know, you, you get to praise people a lot more. You get to show people, like, your more appreciation. I mean, I do that year-round year, year round and stuff, don't get me wrong, but um, 
just uh, it highlights it more and if the world can be positive for one day or one weekend or so then that would be the best part about it I mean that's the way I look at it but like you know obviously like I said there's a lot of positive people out there. there's a lot of people that do praise people throughout their lives and throughout the year regardless of what day it is regardless of if it's Thanksgiving or if it's Christmas or if it's their birthday you you praise them regardless of what that is and that's the people that are most respected around here um and really exciting and stuff and you know like I said I'm I'm looking forward to it I can't wait so that should be definitely something to look forward to like around eight weeks to go and stuff so about like what is it eight weeks eight more episodes left before (laughs) before we do that um might do a special edition episode from there too so i mean that would be that would be cool that'd be historic i mean i've done um in this history of this whole entire show i've done um shows in texas i've done shows in los angeles i've done shows in and obviously california like i said obviously los angeles is california but you get what i mean like i've, I've done them in and in, in attracted spots and stuff so i think it would be pretty cool and it'd be pretty interesting to do one from there i don't think that i'm gonna go without doing a show and stuff like that but uh i definitely will do it but still i am pretty nervous you'll never guess what i'm talking about right now um so i was talking the other day about potentially doing video podcasts like you know i know how ariel hawani does them joe has the audio edition the video edition but for me it's like i don't the whole figuring out like because the whole audio thing and i want everything to be matched up perfectly i don't i don't want to have to worry about the stressor of the audio or where i'm at and stuff like you know you could be anywhere and do a podcast using the app and stuff anchor app by the way <laughs> it makes you cringe every time i say the anchor app not cringe in a bad way though like it makes me shake and all i get all excited when i talk about the anchor app you know I me mean? you heard the ad in the very beginning of the show um but like i said like it's just i don't know you like it's just so much easier to do it and not worry about where you're at or worry about people fucking you off in the background and stuff or yeah, i mean not, not saying like i don't I mean, I'll do it in my own comfort of my own, like, my own sanctuary and stuff, but I'm not gonna, uh, like, I don't know, it's just not my thing, it's never really been something that I've thought about, now, I see, I see the benefits from it and stuff, as you see the, the, um, people, like, people, you know, get a chance to watch you not only listen to you but they get a chance to watch you and that that could be a good thing too i mean i could be pretty excited about that i mean i mean i would be quite nervous to be honest with you but i would would be open to doing that because i've gotten a lot more comfortable like if you facetime like say for example you facetime your girlfriend facetime your boyfriend facetime whoever you're just facetiming in general it may be easier because like my thing my my whole thing was being hella nervous like i said i just got done talking about being hella nervous and stuff looking at the camera and it's like I get nervous as fuck sometimes, so, you know, if I'm talking about the sport, if I'm talking about something I really love, then I guess I might not be as nervous, maybe I should try it, I'm just a little nervous, maybe do, like, a bonus, bonus clip or something, maybe, like, the next post-fight, uh, special edition episode, I'll release that, I've got to obviously create a YouTube channel, or, or sign into my YouTube channel, I have, um, I think, like, 11 subscribers, I don't know what the fuck it, what they're from, or if they're from past videos, because if you go, like, my old YouTube channel, there's a bunch of old, of me playing the old UFC games, is having my characters fight each other, adding them to fight cards and shit like that so it's just just been pretty funny though so to be honest so 
what a way to come back and uh, announce my arrival officially into the MMA world via like video. I mean, I'm already in, I've been in the world, but like video wise and introducing myself video wise into the world of MMA. So h- how interesting would that be? I mean, like I said, I wouldn't I would be open to doing it, but I don't know. I have to be comfortable. I have to really I have to like really sit and think about how I'm going to do it and how I'm going to approach it. So I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to try that and I, I'm, I'm open to doing it in the future. So enough with that uh, like i said thank you guys for joining us here on episode 202 of K- kicking it with the king we are available on spotify iHeartRadio, iphone users apple podcasts android google play music basically any other place that you get your podcast we are available top tier we're available everywhere iheart like i said great platform spotify great platform music podcasts everything's evolving Podcasts are available everywhere. So anywhere you get your podcasts, you can get our podcast there for free for stream or download, folks. And if you want to create your own podcast today, folks, before we continue, I promise we'll get to everything in our lineup and what we're talking about today. But if you're trying to create your own podcast, start your own podcast, my suggestion personally to you, point from me to you is Anchor. Anchor, like I said, is a one-stop shop for hosting, recording, and distributing your podcast. Like I said, one-stop. That means meaning that you don't have to go through so much shit just to distribute your podcast to the masses it's going to be available to everybody right when you're done all you need to do is create the the title of the name use your beautiful voice add that to it description publish easy as one two three literally like everyone gets it. it's distributed to the masses everyone gets to listen to it for free i hope you don't make people pay for your shows because that would that would turn me off completely (laughs) but yeah Anyways, we're available all there. Like I said, anchor.fm slash start to start your own podcast. That wasn't the beginning of the ad. That wasn't an ad. Just a little quick introduction. Just something I like to say just to, to get something going, get, get things going on this show. So um, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to the lineup. I was kind of nervous talking about the fact that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that wasn't talking about it, but I was telling my girl earlier about um, the fact that I didn't know if I was going to have a good show lineup. Like, I didn't know exactly what I was going to talk about. Like I said, I always know what I'm going to talk about, but it just seemed like kind of drawn out. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm, I was worn out or anything. I mean, coming off that last, uh, the bonus episode, I mean, the bonus episode, like, for example, let's just get into that real quick and talk about that for a second. Um, but that's the exciting part about it. Like, I didn't know I was going to do that. I woke up. I was just thinking about everything that happened with Mexico City and all that. And it just, it just, it just didn't sit well with me. So eventually I just thought, you know, um, let me just do a post-fight reaction. Uh, not like an episode. Not like a with a number attached to it. I just felt like, you know, it would be cool to do something like that. Like I said, everything that I have, everything, all my content, everything's all available in the same feed. So where you get this podcast, where you download this one, all of those will be available too. So I was thinking like as as, as the fights start to... Every, all these frequent fights and stuff and all this controversial shit happens after a while i'm just like i start to you know start to think i might have fresh thoughts and i think it would be cool to essentially have fresh thoughts and then after that like kind of elaborate it with a few days later just exactly what we're going to be doing today when we get to our lineup and stuff there's some things that i talked about the last couple episodes our last episode or so that that i um will continue to talk about today on today's episode and stuff too so um We'll kind of elaborate and kind of get my thoughts a few days later after that and, you know, see what else, what else has transpired and stuff, too. So, um, like I said, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Whether you're running, whether you're jogging, whether you're 
at school, whether you're at work, it doesn't matter where the hell you are. I'm just glad for you guys all to be here on this episode. Like I said, um, follow me on Twitter and, and Instagram at G the King MMA, um, our podcast page on Instagram, not really active on there too much. KWTK pod on Instagram as well as Twitter. Been a lot more active on Twitter lately for sure. Uh, I got a couple more follows on there too. So that's pretty exciting. Like I said, let's not waste any more time. Obviously, like I said, today's lineup. Had a few more things to say, a little bit more thoughts have sunken in since UFC Mexico City. We'll talk about the updated Jeremy Stevens uh, versus Yair Rodriguez. I've, I, I've heard that they had another confrontation in, in the hotel after the fight. Um, Yair Rodriguez being on the um, receiving end of being pushed, but obviously it was that said that. Yeah, year came up to Jeremy Stevens, shook his hand, but immediately started talking shit. So, and then Jeremy Stevens, you know, shoved him on the ground. And, you know, it seems like a, uh, you know, what is it? Classic Jeremy, not classic Jeremy Stevens, but you know, he's not the kind of guy to uh, really fuck with. Basically, he's a real fighter. Um, obviously, everything that happened, like I said, explained in the last episode. You know, very emotional. Um, on the side of Yaya Rodriguez, super upsetting result to end that main event, and you know where they go from here and stuff, and you know getting getting to hear Jeremy's side of the story on Ariel's show earlier was actually cool. I got done listening to that interview earlier. Like I said, I can't keep up with all. I have to keep up with everyone's podcast. I listen to everybody's podcast. I listen to Joe's, listen to Ariel's. Obviously, I have all my friends and stuff, all my closest people that I follow in the MMA world, MMA families podcast that I follow as well. So it's kind of hard to keep up with everything, but I do keep up with everything. It just takes me a lot longer than it, than it usually should, but um, not usually should, but like I said, um, it just, it takes a lot longer and that's the best part. It's like having homework. That's the only homework I have is to do that. So I did that. Um, like I said, it was really unfortunate to see the way that main event ended and, you know, the fans and how, how ruthless the fans were and all that and throwing, throwing stuff, uh, throwing beer, throwing, I, I guess, I don't know what else to do, but everyone just threw everything into the octagon. That was, like, one of the most chaotic things. It wasn't nearly as chaotic as, say, like, a UFC 229 brawl, but it was pretty chaotic on the side of the fans, like the fans throwing all that beer, throwing bottles in the freaking cage, Jeremy Stevens being shielded. Obviously, I heard Carla Esparza got a beer. Some guy poured a beer, a full beer on her, and I was like, come on, man, what the fuck? These fans are very disrespectful, and, uh... <laughs> makes it fun. Makes it funny though the fact that Colby Covington caught, called people animals when it comes to the way that they behave. I'd be curious to get his thoughts on that too. <laughs> That's pretty funny though. Like people are animals. Um, obviously, some other news came up within Ariel's show yesterday. Uh, Daniel Cormier was on there. Um, he he said that he wants he will be coming back for one more fight, and after that, win or lose, the rematch with Stipe Miocic. That will be his last fight inside the octagon. Obviously, still will be doing UFC commentary duties and everything else associated with the sport. He just won't be actively competing. Um, a lot of people uh, were thinking about, oh, that, that as crazy as it is, it seems like you know, win or lose, it seems like um, it's crazy how you wouldn't be fighting John Jones for essentially the third time. Um, you know, I can see that though. Why he is why he isn't fighting John Jones is because if you really look at it, man, he's two zero oh, and two against John. He's one and one against Stipe. It makes sense, you know, obviously to you know he, he has his first loss at heavyweight to to avenge that loss to come back and you know retire on top, win or lose. He said win or lose. Though despite that, I think it's the um, it's it's a good move for DC. Obviously, like I said, he's uh, he's real accomplished in the sport and stuff too. So we'll we'll obviously get my thoughts on that and stuff and you know my my 
personal thoughts on a rematch and immediate rematches and stuff too so we'll get into that um we have another fight card the train just never stops ufc just returns every single week you see uh is um in copenhagen for the first time no not the tobacco I don't do that stuff. I just I've served. I've I've sold it to people when I used to work in my old uh, this old job like a long time ago. Um, but yeah, they, they return to well, they don't return. It's their first um, trip to Copenhagen there. So uh, headlined by uh, Jack Hermanson, rising star. You know, potentially, you know, the next big thing at 185 pounds, considering the fact that that division is wide open. Um, he will take it on a uh, very talented, very very. Uh, Underrated uh, superstar at 185 pounds, Darren Cannonier, who's previously fought 205 pounds. He's fought the likes of Glover Teixeira, David Branch. You know, just beat Anderson Silva in his last fight. You know, stopped him with a like you know a leg kick. Obviously, I think it was the same leg that Anderson had previously hurt too. So um, obviously, like I said, he 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 has had some emphatic um, uh, performances and some huge performances inside the octagon so that will be a huge step for him as well as as jack hermanson that will be like you know kind of essentially establish the next set of middleweight contenders that aren't we don't already talk about you can get like the paulo cost it's got robert whitaker kelvin gaslam um darren till is up there now and you add these guys to the mix it's going to be a great it's going to be a good addition to 185 pounds so we'll talk about that um a lot of drama, a lot of high school drama going on in the welterweight title uh, pitcher. Obviously, like I said, with Kamaru Usman not fighting, Colby and K- Colby not fighting. People blaming it on Colby. Leon Edwards is thrown in the mix. Masvidal versus Diaz, BMF title, all that stuff. Why aren't people fighting each other? Why isn't there any welterweight title fights being announced? What's going on? Um, very upsetting and both irritating. You know, on the side of negotiations, I guess it comes to the side where. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like Kamara wants to fight. So every time I hear people talking about a Kamara versus Colby fight, I, I'm just I roll my eyes. I look at it like a dead horse, like I'm, like it's like a, it's like a beating a dead horse. It doesn't make any sense for me, and I, I'm not motivated by it. So I mean, we'll get my thoughts on that and stuff. Um, also in the news, former UFC light heavyweight champion Rashad Evans has announced his uh, comeback to MMA. It's a little touchy situation considering the fact that how I mean, uh, just a p- particular pieces and, and stuff that I've done w- with the show and talked about my thoughts on those and you know obviously his historic career you know what he said after his last fight and you know him you know announcing that retirement you know you know having to really be realistic with himself and you know all that but he says he's healthy he says all that so we're going to talk about the positives and both the negatives of that and um i'll g- we'll give my thoughts on that and, and about fighters coming back and you know just retirement in general and if it's really retirement so let us not waste any time let's get right into it um so going back to ufc mexico in mexico city a lot of People uh, were against Yair Rodriguez, and and um, rightfully so. I mean, a lot of people were upset, both at Jeremy Stevens, and I think Yair Rodriguez also got a lot of the flack. Yair got more flack than anything. I was like, looking at my feet, oh, he should be cut. No wonder he was cut. He turned down fights. He, he, he doesn't deserve it. He lost a fan of me. All these people are just complaining, whining, bitching, and complaining. 
I just said that twice. Um, a lot of people were just really upset with his actions. Obviously, if you've seen the post-fight brawl, like, oh, not the post-fight brawl, excuse me, but the post-fight, um, Michael Bisping went to put his hand on his on the shoulder and he turned and cussed at him in Spanish. I don't speak fluent Spanish like that, at least when it comes to cussing at people. So I don't know exactly what was said, but I think in the heat of the moment, he just didn't know that that was uh, Bisping. I don't know if he knew that was Bisping, but um, just someone putting their hand on the shoulder that wasn't his cornerman or his coaches. Obviously, must have been really, you know, like, it was very touchy, basically. Like, he was just, like, fired up, emotional, upset, all, all of it. I would be, too. I mean, it, it, I actually posted something about that earlier, saying that, you know, that I feel for these guys, definitely. I mean, it's an upsetting thing. It's very devastating. It's really uh, it's really upsetting and really heartbreaking and, and depressing. And I can't imagine, especially how Jeremy Stevens feels. I mean, for, for a fight to end 15 seconds in, for you not even get to fight, to getting poked in the eye, to getting paid one check, paying $30,000 plus for training camp. $30,000. $30, That's what like an average American makes in one fucking year. He pay, spent all that throughout eight weeks to train for Yair Rodriguez, for that result to turn out to be only 15 seconds, for them not even getting to fight, um, for fans to the backlash. You know, Obviously, like I said, if you have ever had an eye spasm or had your eye scratched, or had your eyes poked, you would understand that. But like I said, a lot of fans don't. I mean, people are going to get flack. For, they're going to get flack for this regardless. But for me, it's not in my place to say, oh, fighters bitching out. I mean, when have I ever seen Jeremy Stevens bitch out? I mean, I've seen those fights. I've seen the fight where he had his broken orbital. I've seen the fight, um, fights where he's getting kicked in the nuts. And, you know, obviously it doesn't seem like he, he it doesn't ever come off it like he would be the type to try to bitch out of a fight or get out of a fight man so if, 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 if out of all people Jeremy Stevens isn't added to that list most definitely um I do think like obviously like I said he wanted to continue but his eye just wouldn't open man if you've got like I said come to me when you've had an eye spasm and you know what it's like I mean fighting in this world obviously fighting in general is dangerous as hell so I bet better live to compete for another day I mean he can come back I mean obviously I've seen that he got a lengthy suspension but he did say he would be cleared so I do think that will be okay it's just a matter of what happens in the future um but on the side of Yair Rodriguez to be honest with you I I can understand the frustrations I mean his first headliner in Mexico City he's from Mexico and he wanted to perform in front of his fans. He wanted to put on a show. It's something he's been waiting for for quite some time. And obviously being of Mexican descent and, and you know, coming from the roots and stuff, that's obviously um, something that's very, means a lot. It means a lot to his friends, his family. Obviously had a lot of family, had a lot of coaches. Uh, and uh, he, had, he has a lot, a lot of people that were looking forward to seeing him compete and fight there, as well as Jeremy Stevens. And they all took time from their own families, sacrificing time and, and everything, just so obviously they could make this fight happen. And when this fight didn't happen and it ends in 15 seconds, it's got to be a very upsetting thing and unimaginable, man. $30,000 just boom down the drain if nothing comes to fruition for this if anything if this doesn't get resolved and that that will be a very depressing moment for me personally because i just fuck i feel for these guys it's, just, it's a terrible feeling i can't imagine what it feels like to have that kind of thing happen man these these guys are some of the toughest guys in the world but you know fans choose to look at it in a different way as in labeling it as oh he's scared or he bitched out or he wanted to fight out of the fight and all that and it just I don't know, it's not my place to say someone bitched out or anything. i got to look at the facts. I've got to look at it from both sides of the view. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of people uh, gave Yair a flack for that post-fight interview up on the ESPN desk. But, dude, I, 
am I like the only one that didn't have any problem with what he said? I mean, he said basically like if if Jeremy couldn't continue, if he could continue, then that's on him, and he's gonna have to live with the fact that he could have continued. I mean, like I said, Yair taught reference to fight with Frankie, where he had his eye, uh, his eye was essentially shut. You know, that was the first loss he had, and really that eye-opening. Uh, career-defining moment of his life, and he said he would have continued if he could. Like he was like everybody's different, but I didn't have a problem with that interview. You guys are tripping. I didn't. I mean, he was upset. He was emotional after that. That was a big moment for him, both for him and Jeremy Stevens. And you know, both these guys are so competitive. These guys want to fight and stuff. So I mean, seeing seeing his reaction, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it. Not. I mean, he said he's below him in the rankings and all that and stuff, but. You know, he, he, he said all benefit of the doubt to Stevens and stuff. You know, different, everyone's different. You don't know how traumatizing and how painful it, it is. And, you know, like I said, this is a dangerous game. I mean, potentially having your eye raked out or, or, or punctured. I mean, look at Bisping. Bisping, Michael Bisping's eyes is, is, is completely permanently damaged. And he, can't, he only see out one eye. I, I've heard that he said something about his one eye not being as good. I mean, it is good. He's still able to do everything. God bless him. Um, but, you know, potentially having your eye gone, eye pokes, your, your, your eyes permanently damaged, being potentially risking being blind, but yet fans want to throw flack and talk shit. What if Jeremy Stevens went blind in one eye or something? Then what would you feel like? I'm sure these fans will feel idiotic. I mean, I don't, I don't know how any fan, these fans can really necessarily feel for anybody considering the fact that, uh, that they treat the fighters the way that they do I mean they're fans that's the thing so I don't know if uh if they can put themselves in their kind of shoes or anything like that but you know like I said I, I put myself in these kinds of guys I, I literally almost try to put my shoes in these I put my <laughs> tongue twister I literally try to put myself in these guys shoes to the closest extent that I possibly can Obviously, I don't know what it's like to lose that much money, 30000 I mean, he obviously didn't lose it. Obviously, he said he's still in the best shape ever and really wants to run it back sooner rather than later. And obviously, like I said, just, you know, he doesn't necessarily prepare anymore for Yair Rodriguez or anything like that. He just needs to go and fight. He wants to get that fight back. But um, like I said, I try to sit back and understand it from both points of view. And I'm just really an understanding kind of person, open-minded, and I can understand everything that, that's went down and happened. And, you know, it's a huge moment. It's an emotional moment. It's an upsetting moment. Frustrating. Depressing. You know, these guys go home with one check and, you know, very upsetting. Everybody was leading up. Everyone was excited leading up to that fight. Everyone was looking forward to that fight. They came into that arena watching that first fight of the night knowing that they're looking forward to watching Jeremy Stevens and Yair Rodriguez fighting later on that night. That isn't the case. That doesn't happen. It's very upsetting, very, very fucking unfortunate. And the only, the only thing we got to see is uh, a future, what happens with them. And obviously, like I said, it will be a massive dis disservice, massive disjustice to both men if there's no, uh, if there's no solution to this later on. As in, like, they don't run it back. If they don't run this back, man, it's going to go crazy. I'll riot. That'll be crazy and insane, considering the fact that we don't really hear about these fighters and how much they pay for their training camps or the amount of money. I mean, there's people that are struggling that don't even have thirty thousand in the bank to spend on a training camp. But yeah, you got a veteran like Jeremy Stevens who who, who openly was open with that and you know was really honest with the fans and you know just a real hardcore dude. He's a straight up savage, and um and 
you know, just a very sad moment. I was a little emotional hearing the the hearing the uh, interview because just the fact that I can feel for these guys, man. It's an upsetting thing, and I don't really think that any of these guys. I mean, if you're in the UFC, I don't think. Well, why in the fuck would you cut your pay in half when you're trying to feed your family? Why would you be so passionate? Why would he go and spend thirty thousand dollars on a fight camp and just be fucked off? He essentially just threw away some money. And if he's not getting compensated for it, why, why would he put himself through that, missing his family, being away from his family for all that time, you know, sacrificing all those things? That, that makes no sense. It's just uh, crazy how the fans can, you know, disrespect people like that who put their lives on the line every single day for the entertainment. Say what you want. And, and even, even, for example, like, even if that had happened, man, like, it was on purpose or anything. It was intentional. Or if Jeremy didn't want to fight. I'm, I'm like, say that once in a blue moon, if that shit were to happen. You know, just the fact that these dudes put their lives on the line and get injured and get hurt and go through all these different hurtful... Uh, uh, you know, obviously, like, if you've been through a training camp, you know what I mean. If you've if you've gotten hurt, broken bones, if you got kicked in the face, if you've gotten your legs kicked, if you've gotten your eyes poked, if you've, if you've gone through the grind, if you've been a fighter and you understand the whole process of what it takes, the mental side, the preparation, the physical side, every single side for this, you know what it's like. So there's more people out there that are bitching, complaining, whining, stupid media members, all these other people, all these idiots out there that have no idea what they're talking about when it obviously we can see it from you can see it from a television standpoint, but you don't know what it's like when it's in there. You don't know what it's like behind the scenes. You don't know what these guys go through and you can only have a uh, perspective and, and mild perspective of what truly goes on. Other than that, like I said, it's not in my spot to say anybody bitch out of a fight. I didn't ever post it nor said that these guys bitch out of a fight. I actually watched that Todd Duffy fight versus Jeff Hughes. Damn, Duffy was looking good. Why the fuck would you guys say that he was bitching out of that one? I mean, it's just like, like he... He hurt Jeff Hughes multiple times in that fight. He tagged him. He hurt him. You've seen those shots hurt. He was a little wild in his exchanges, and it was kind of crazy to see heavyweights throw that and both men being able to absorb him. Todd got caught a couple times, too. I didn't watch the eye poke part. I just enjoyed the first couple minutes of it. Then I got distracted by something else. But, yeah, going back to that, like I said, just just upsetting, you know, the fans, the way, the perspe- the way their perspectives are, how limited they, their IQs can be when it comes to stuff. Now, on the other side of it, I can definitely understand fans being pissed, you know, essentially getting the bad gist that people didn't want to fight or show up, and they paid their hard-earned money, like I said. They all showed up for a main event. It's a depressing and upsetting moment for the fans as well, too, along with the fighters. But for the fighters, it's a lot more because your fans get to go home regardless with, the, with, with whatever money they have in their bank account. But their money isn't affected. Oh, well, their money is affected. But they don't, they're not missing out the way those fighters are. They didn't come to the fight. They came here to watch. They could have watched it from the TV. They could have watched it from their phones. But they didn't do that. They came to obviously watch. And I don't know how uh, far people traveled and stuff. And you know all that? They do lose out of money. I, I, I got to feel for them. I do feel for the fans. I'm just saying have more, uh, have more sympathy and, and, and uh, have more respect for the fighters because these guys do I mean you wouldn't have a purpose to go on your fucking Southwest airline to go watch someone fight if they weren't fighting to have more respect for fighters and be more effect not more affectionate I don't know why I said affectionate I've been being more affectionate lately as of late feels good too but um like I said just be more respectful and and just you know have more sympathy that's all I ask like I said, it's not in my. I, I didn't have a problem with what Yair said. 
and I didn't have a problem with Jeremy Stead. Two different sides, two different perspectives. Jeremy said it wasn't intentional, then move along. It would have been another thing if it was intentional, but he said it wasn't intent. He felt that it wasn't intentional. I mean, I feel that if Stevens is going to tell someone something, he's going to be straight up honest with everybody. So that's what he did. Uh, like I said, the only solution for this one is to run it back. I don't know. I don't care when. Um, UFC Boston, I've heard it didn't have the main event. Chris Weidman versus Dominic Reyes is a great fight. Um, talk about that when it, when it comes closer to it, but... Um, that would be cool to see that on there. I mean, I want to see Stevens come back sooner rather than later because, I mean, you've seen him. Have, I've, I've talked about Stevens for so long. Like, he is one of those guys that has multiple 20-plus UFC fights, but yet you look at him potentially close to – I mean, he's in the top 10 in 2019, and look at all the fights he's had. He's been there back in the vintage UFC days, the old original UFC days, and this guy still is wrecking shop here, beating top contenders, beating the so-called future stars of the UFC, all these next huge prospects and stuff. I mean – Beat the fuck out of Duho Choi. Beat the fuck out of Josh Emmett. Beat the fuck out of Gilbert Melendez, technically. I mean, busted his leg up for a very long time. Damaged the nerves in his legs for, for a very long time. And, you know, Jeremy Stevens has had some intelligent and amazing performances. I mean, he's went to Brazil. He's knocked out Brazilians. I mean, that knock, I remember that time when he knocked out Honey Jason. And, and Honey Jason broke his hand or something. Busted his hand up because he was just so sad and upset. And he punched him. And, you know, talk about enemy territory. Jeremy Stevens is first hand in there. I don't think there's a fucking thing in the world that could phase nor scare nor nor uh, make Jeremy Stevens want to bitch out of anything. That guy's a true fighter, a true warrior, a true competitor. And I cannot wait to see him come back. So moving along, ladies and gentlemen, from UFC Mexico to... Um, some news that was breaking yesterday, obviously talked about it, uh, UFC, former UFC light heavyweight and heavyweight champion, oof, this is crazy to hear that, 2019 now, DC doesn't have any belts, woohoo, damn, but, uh, just no belts, former UFC heavyweight and light heavyweight, that's crazy, but like I said, I was saying, um, DC, uh, did say that there's one more fight for him, to come back to, and uh, a lot of people didn't know whether or not he was going to fight again after the Steve Bay fight. Like I said, it was his first fight, his first loss, excuse me, at heavyweight, if you remember that. His only other losses were to John Jones, and now with DC potentially fighting Steve Bay again, his only fights will be, if he, if he wins or loses, obviously, hopefully angling for him to win. I didn't like the result of the last fight. It was very, it, it sucked, obviously. It was, it was, it was, it was unfortunate. I mean, like I said, he's winning that fight essentially until he started getting caught with those body shots and you know, that hurt him. I mean, you see the fight with Anderson Silva and Anderson Silva kicked him in the body. You hurt him, but you know, DC was other, were, were able to weather that storm and, and put Anderson on his back. You know, it was Anderson Silva, you know, like, I don't know how fucking notice, like two weeks notice or some shit, like 24 hours notice, or I don't care. It was just Anderson Silva nodded as his potential best. But, you know, we did see those shades, and I was like, ooh, I, that brought me back to that very moment of that fight. And it's like, um, you know, he, he, he got hurt in that fight, and, you know, Stipe just came back and was able to weather the storm of losing that entire fight and, you know, eventually dig, dug those hooks in that body, eventually getting to the point where he hurt DC and was able to finish him unfortunate result for DC in that that fight um obviously a little uncomfortable with it being a rematch right away now just seeing Stipe do that like what if it was like shades of the last fight what if he does it again how's DC gonna uh stop that unless he utilizes more wrestling like the, the biggest problem I had in the last rematch was that he abandoned the wrestling 
he chose to stand, trade. I mean, DC's bread and butter is wrestling. He started off as a wrestler, Olympic-level wrestler, a high-level wrestler, one of the highest levels of wrestling inside the octagon and in all of MMA. I mean, look at what he did to Josh Barnett and Strikeforce. Look at all these big people that he's tossing around like the ragdolls. He threw Dan Henderson around like he was a kid, man. So DC definitely is a smart fighter. Obviously, I do think that he can strategize properly for these kinds of fights. And obviously, I did say I was a little uncomfortable with it being a rematch now. But now, now that I really sit and think about it, I think that if he uses wrestling, I think that if he utilizes everything, all his skills, obviously, he did good on the stand-up. He hit Stipe with everything but the kitchen sink in that last fight. And he obviously did real good in that fight. And it wasn't like it was. It wasn't like a, a far stretch. It wasn't like he he was out of that fight or didn't belong in that fight to begin with. No, he, he had his moments all the way up until Stipe had his and that was close to where it was like towards the end when he started landing those shovel hooks or I don't know that's what I call them shovel hooks to the body and I was like oh oh another one oh another one oh I was like he can't keep taking those he can't keep taking those I was looking at it I was watching the fight literally saying that to myself he can't take those he can't keep taking those that's gonna happen he's gonna get hurt he's gonna hurt him he can't keep taking those taking those and then boom it happens he hurts him he stuns him you know body body shots man if you ever got hit with the body shot those things can be crippling liver shots crippling all these different things can be crippling man so obviously like I said that spelled the end of DC's heavyweight run Obviously, like I said, moved up from 205 pounds, left his belt down there. Um, and, you know, like I said, he's, he doesn't have a belt in 2019. He started off with having a belt. Now he doesn't. Um, but, you know, like I said, I think it'll be an interesting fight. Definitely. I do think that if DC really wants to go out on top, I do think that, I mean, I, I do think that he really does need to, you know, this, this is, I don't know, uh, retirements in MMA are crazy and, and people talking about it, but DC has talked about it before. And I, I for some reason, you know, as, as hard as it is for me to believe that fighters will go away and walk away and retire, DC has done that, talked about it once before with his family. I know he respects his family's opinions. I know that he, he respects his wife and loves his wife and his everyone, his kids and everyone so much. And... You know, obviously, that was heartbreaking to see that thrill and agony video of uh, the last time of his kids reacting to his, him losing and then just, and the winner by TKO. And then it's like just that whole mo emotional moment seeing his kid. I was like, man, that pulled my heartstrings out of my fucking body, man. That was that was sad to see. Uh, and I know he wouldn't want to continue to put his family through that kind of thing. Not saying that he's not competitive. In 2019, he's very, very competitive. But legacy-wise, what, what it means for him and all these other things different things all these other different factors and stuff i think it's important for him to focus more on it i'm getting a little emotional here talking about it but i think it's a little bit more it's more important for him to focus on his family and you know coaching and obviously helping his teammates out and just obviously continuing to do his ufc job he's, he's done fantastic with his his commentary gig so far i mean well, not so far but like this whole time he's, he's done absolutely fantastic i mean all those guys up there on the booth have done fantastic but like dc forever will be a legend despite these losses man there's these people there's these fighters and there's these guys that you we, we watch that we can really just separate them from the wins and the losses it's not about the wins and the losses it's about obviously it is and this is a sport and yeah obviously about winning and stuff you want to win you want to be the best but you know for us fans that are hardcore and it gets deeper into this it, it's it's a more beautiful and more spiritual feeling when you know how good these fighters are and what they've done and how they treat 
people on the outside. So it's all about what he does on the outside, helping his family, helping friends, helping people, and just being, you know, giving back to his community, coaching the wrestling team, you know, coaching kids all the time. And he gives back. He definitely puts in and gives back definitely to his community and to overall everyone that he has come in contact with. So GC is a beautiful human being. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm rooting for him in this fight. Like I said, it wasn't out of that fight in the first time. Um, like I said, the first fight was was good too. He knocked him out in the first round. Um, like I said, if DC just utilizes his wrestling a lot more, I man, you can't you can't compare it to the type of high level wrestling that DC has. So it's going to be interesting to see that if that is the fight to make. It, like I said, I'm not mad at it being the fact. Well, what's he going to get from a third fight of John Jones? Going to lose three times? Oh, and three to John Jones? We'll never hear the end of it. So he has a better chance of winning against Stipe than he does sadly against John Jones. I'm not saying, I mean, I don't have any interest. I'm not saying he can't beat John Jones. It's just, we've seen it. It's, it's in their history books. 0-2. Oh Obviously, no one contests, but, you know, Heart of Hearts fans know that that's a fight that he lost. And he says it himself that that's a fight he's lost. And, um, you know, we'll move on. He's beat Steve A before. And if he can do it again and retire on top, win or lose, that will be emotional and a beautiful moment. And I guarantee you I will have to have tissues when that fight does come around. Just the whole fact of it, the whole the whole process of it, everything. It's going to be emotional because if that really is goodbye, then goodbye. Then, like I said, that brings me to say, um, just want to skip, speaking of talking about goodbye, um, before, we'll, we'll get into Copen, UFC Copenhagen and then we'll touch base on some things about Jared Cannonier and stuff and then we'll get to the welterweight title, title logjam and what, what fights I think should be made or considered for the next, um, for the, obviously like, for the, the time being and, and the fights to make and the fights we see, really need to see at 170 pounds considering that it is a log jam. There is a lot of big fights to be made, but let me get a drink of water real quick before we get into that. Yeah. Great, um, great uh, show so far, definitely. I feel like we did drop a lot of knowledge. I'm sorry, I apologize. I did get a little teary-eyed. Not teary-eyed, it's like a little touchy, man. It's a little, touchy thing man I, I feel i feel and i care about a lot of these guys and i've watched the sport uh i've been a part of this sport since uh you know it's going on basically 11 years 2011 being a young kid being in high school being a tiny baby compared to all the rest of these people I remember when they're watching their first ufc's and when i started off watching the best in the world watching all these guys having connections to them because of you know their past and what these guys all go through and just learning about what they go through you know admiring them for their accomplishments admiring them from what they've been able to overcome and get through I and mean, the dc story is very documented considering that if you follow what has happened to his his father just recently passed away and if you look at the scenario like stipe's i think it was stipe's father beat cancer and DC just lost his dad to cancer, so and DC just lost his Stipe. So I, I literally cannot fucking imagine what these guys go through. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe on my way there. I can imagine more of it than I can't. And obviously, I've felt a lot of the, the moods and the depression and the loneliness and all that different things that these guys felt. But I can't imagine that on that level. I can't imagine dropping $30,000 on a training. $30,000? Are you fucking kidding me? What, what's he spending it on? Like, well, I can't even imagine what you need in a training camp for $30,000. That's the, that's the cost of being the best in the world, and that's worth it. So, I mean, if it's worth it at that top of the level, man, then that's the best thing. But like I said, that, that whole scenario, I mean, that cancer thing with DC, oof, it's kind of heart-wrenching to bring that up. But 
you know, like I said, that's why these guys are the best in the world. That's why I follow the sport. Is what motivates me every single day, every single week. All there's always things to talk about. And for fuck's sakes, I mean, I said I I was kind of nervous of putting output and having not having enough to talk about on the show. But yet we found something to do. We found it to uh, we found something to talk about. Like I said, there's always stuff to talk about. I think I was just overthinking it. That's the thing. But uh, like I said, continuing on. Um, it just, uh, it just, it's just, it's just, it's, uh, it's a beautiful when you can separate the wins and losses. That's what I'm going to say. Parting thoughts of that. <sighs> Let's continue on with come comebacks. Um, we've seen a handful of fighters, you know, retire and come back. Uh, now I can't think at the top of my mind how much, how much success these guys were having coming back. when. Who can you guys like anybody for anybody listening? Um, just, just think of handful a handful of people that have come back and it's not gone good. I mean, for me, I'm gonna be completely honest here. The, the kind of guy I am, I'm an honest guy. I'm I'm upfront. I like to look at things from all angles. I like to be very honest, despite if I like the guy, like the fighters, like the like whoever it is, like the champion, former champions. It doesn't matter who the hell they are. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to break things down. I'm going to call it how I see it. Basically, that's that's how I am. I'm not going to limit myself to one side. I'm not going to limit myself to hating one side. I mean, you, I mean the people that hate are one-sided. Oh, this or that. They're not looking at all the options. Like when it comes to a fight, oh, no, he's going to steamroll him. Oh, she's going to run all over. Oh, he's out of his league. Oh, he's all these stupid casual comments and stuff. You got to open yourself up to really understanding what truly can happen. That's called being an actual fighter, an actual fight fan. Difference between being a fighter and looking at it from a mindset of a competitor versus uh, somebody, and obviously with an open mind as I do and a really sharp mind. And no no one has a sharp mind like I do when it comes to the sport. I mean, obviously, like I said, everyone's different, but I just have a lot of things and a lot of uh, a lot of tools that I can bring to the, this fight game that can pose a lot of problems for people very quickly and very, very fortunately. And um, if you did see my uh, post about returning to training in December, I'm angling for that. I really want that to be. I am dying inside. I'm healing up. I'm, I'm focusing on some things personally on my own and getting getting everything straight in my life before that. And I'm going to put 100 percent. 110% into training and, and focusing, obviously, like I said, the gym, the gym thing was a problem at first, like just deciding which gym truly would be the one for me to d- adapt to, but you know, like I said, sometimes when you are, you're overthinking things, you don't really sit and think about the things that are truly there, nor do you appreciate it, nor do you realize what's there when you should have realized that a long time ago, so I have a good gym in mind, I'm not going to announce the name of it because I want it to be kind of like a surprise and stuff, but um, I'm going to... Um, I'm definitely gonna be doing. Uh, definitely gonna be training. You guys are in trouble. These people are in trouble. And honestly, if if that's the way fans treat those people, then they can all go fuck themselves. To be honest, I don't give a fuck about those fans. And if the, I know exactly, I mean that's the thing. I'm gonna be able to tune it out because I just know how idiotic fans are. That's how our football fans, baseball fans, everybody. I mean, fans are idiots, man. They don't. A lot of the hardcore fans obviously respect all of them, but if that's the way you guys treat fighters, man, I'm, I'm good off you guys. Fuck y'all. That's all I care about. <laughs> uh, you got 15 more minutes here on this episode. Might extend it. That looks like the dude from Shoreline Mafia. He's been listening to a couple of their music songs. Looks like the dude from Spy Kids. The dude from Shoreline Mafia looks like the dude from Spy Kids. Shout out to you. You're a real motherfucker if you know Shoreline Mafia is. Um, so... Like I said, I've seen 
list of people coming back, fighters coming back after retirement. It's like, as fans, we've watched these guys or women grow up in the octagon or fight in the octagon, have these big fights, you know, have their ups and their downs, lefts and rights and all this. And it's a journey for all of us. So, like, for me, the, what I've seen that Rashad posted that he's coming back, I mean, like I said, I'm not, I don't give a fuck about the wrestler coming back. I know that it's a thing. I almost don't trust that people say they're retiring when they're retiring. But DC, like I said, as many times as I've seen fighters say they're coming back or they're going to retire and come back and I got the itch to come back. I and mean, Rumble Johnson's one of them. Um, I don't know who else. Um, I can't think of anyone else at the top of my head because my mind is just, I'm so focused and distracted by like a million different things at once. But um, it's uh, just like for Rashad, I felt definitely like it was time and you guys know me and you've heard me talk about this I don't like to tell people to retire it's not in my place I have no idea what goes on I mean I can only judge off of what I see fight wise breakdown wise and skill wise um and I feel like you know I don't feel like like it's like he's he's getting starched by these dude these these young hungry lions I mean these young these older guys fighting young young hungry lions like that that's a bad idea i've always said that you should match them like bj penn for example you, you should match these guys up with people that are going to give them a competitive fight but not somebody that's going to run and steamroll i mean look at anthony smith he, he starts rashad and obviously uh glover and rashad had a, a stint a light heavyweight couple of split decision losses to some guys he should not have been losing to like a sam alvey and who the fuck are these people that he's losing to at 185 pounds? I mean, I mean, like I said, for Rashad, I mean, I would love to see him come back and get a win. I do think he was comp- he is competitive, but, you know, he's getting caught. And in the UFC, um, it's a top-tier organization. It's not a, it's not an organization where there's older people welcome. Like, these people are going to get hurt. Like, not saying that he, he couldn't win in the UFC. It's just like the top-tier organization. He was also granted a release from the UFC, so now he can also go and fight elsewhere, which can also be beneficial if that's truly the case. I mean, but like I said, this whole narrative of the fact that there's not good fighters outside the UFC or the best fighters are in the UFC, that is a case. The UFC is a top-tier leading organization. But um, when it comes to... Uh, Good fighters outside the UFC, there's a lot, but there also is a lot more fighters, you know, say like a Bellator can give Rashad that can make Rashad, you know, win again. Like I said, if you just want to see him winning, that that means a lot. But thoughts on retirement, I just I just thought that maybe he would really be the one that's done. But, you know, he's training. He looks to be in phenomenal shape. He's good. The speed's there. The pop's there. Rashad has power, man. I got, you knocked out Chuck Liddell. That shit was insane, man. He slept Chuck Liddell. He slept so many different people. And, you know, his fights with Rampage and all that. I'm pretty sure Rashad has it still, man. I'm not going to sit here and like, defend it and completely say that I'm with the people coming back. I do believe if you're going to retire, you're going to retire. Like, for me, I couldn't sit here and say retire knowing that I'm not going to... I might come back after a while. I'm just going to step away for a while or something along those lines. But, like I said, I haven't been in those kind of shoes to pinch you where I'm retiring. I've retired the show one time. Came back a little emotional, a little upset about 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 some things on the, on the back end of things, but um, I did come back and like I said, I was doing it for five plus years, almost six now, and you know I was a little just pissed off about a lot of different things and stuff, and uh, just just angry. A lot of things going on in my own life, so I was just like I, I a lot going on. So I said I would retire the show. It was like I knew heart of hearts I wasn't done. So. Just saying that I retired and stuff. It sounds weird to say retired. I'm not an old motherfucker. That's the thing. I'm hella young. But um, 
you know, I know what it's like to, you know, essentially retire from something, not retire from mixed martial arts, dude. I'll blow my head off before I, before I am, I'm not a part of the world of mixed martial arts anymore. Mm. Hey, but if he's able to get some good fights, or he's not absolute monsters, then I'm not saying that Rashad doesn't like have the chin or anything. He's just getting hit, starched by these dudes with power. I mean, Anthony Smith went on to fight for the world title. I mean, Glover is still relevant in 2000, 2019. Just had a win, very tough win. Um, and a lot of the other people that, that he was... I mean, he lost to Ryan Bader, too. Ryan's two-division champion over in Bellator, killing it, wrecking chop, ran through the heavyweight tournament. So if you look at all these guys Rashad's losing to, I mean, like Sam Alvey and no respects all of them, and who are the other people? Who else did Rashad fight at? At... Uh, 185 pounds. Let me pull up his Wikipedia. Speaking of that, because I, there's a couple of these people. This, where the fuck are they now? They don't have any careers or not. They're, there's there's nothing about them that spells championship level material. But there's a handful of dudes that Rashad did lose to in his his latest UFC stint that did, you know, obviously like I can I can see that why the old older veteran against these young hungry lions are coming in to rip your fucking head off. Let me let me pull up his Wikipedia though real quick. It's been a great show. I really have enjoyed it. It's been a really good show. Um, I feel like all these shows are getting better and better and better every single day and stuff. But um, on every single week. Um, obviously, he's a Hall of Famer as well, too. So it's pretty awesome. Um, okay, pulling up Rasad's Wikipedia page. Wikipedia is like you can edit that shit. I edited some shit on there before, not to be stupid, but to I think it was like I forgot what it was, but um, someone about someone being active on the roster was like. Uh, used to conformly compete in the UFC. I forgot who it was, but I remember the exact edit that I made. I was like, um, still competes for the UFC. I forgot who it was. Uh, Rashad's 40. I mean, there's still guys that are 40 fighting. I mean, look at Tito. People said that Tito Ortiz was done for the longest time, and, you know, he should have retired a long time ago. He's losing all these handfuls of fights, all these studs in the UFC. I mean, if you look at that, man, it's just the skies are the limit. We never truly know. I mean, all respects to Tito. I love Tito to death, but if you compare the, the the amount of losing streaks that Tito had versus Rashad, Rashad was way more successful during his UFC run. Tito obviously was the longest reigning light heavyweight champion that wasn't named John Jones. But you know, if you look at the amount of losses Tito had and stuff, it seemed like Tito would have been a guy to retire a long time ago. Tito said he retired back when he fought Forrest Griffin for the third time, came back, and he was on a win streak, and now is set to fight WWE wrestler. It's crazy as it sounds, Alberto Del Rio, who did have a brief stint in MMA, nine five, nine wins, five losses in MMA. And, you know, it's a legitimate challenge itself, a big guy, a big, strong guy, but it's not, doesn't pose any problems. I think Tito's going to smash him in that, in that, that regard. But, uh, like, what I was saying, just, I don't know, I just, you never know what can happen, man. So I'm not going to sit here and judge. Like, I, I, I have to say, if he loses his next fight pretty badly, Rashad, then, then I'm going to have to bite my words and stuff. Like I'm saying, a lot of people may think you're making excuses or are making excuses to try to support my favorite fighters. I mean, Rashad is one of the top guys I really started following back then when I originally started and shit. So it's like I'm not just making excuses. I just, you never know. There's so many different turns that MMA can take you. And so in different scenarios and different things that can happen. So you just don't know. I don't know. So we'll see what happens with that one. I'm really excited about that. Um... Moving along to the welterweight title logjam, I mean, the fact that all these fights, I mean, Col Colby versus Kamaro's falling through, uh, Kamaro versus Masvidal's falling through, I mean, all these fights falling through, um, 
it's 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 been quite upsetting because we don't get a welterweight title fight. People are turning fights down. Obviously, I understand it's numbers and stuff, and these guys want to get paid what they're worth, and I can support that 100%, but at the same time, you're delaying the fans, and who knows what the UFC does. UFC does some harsh things, man. They cut Yair Rodriguez, obviously, for not wanting to accept the fight or something, but they later had brought him back and stuff. But, you know, just the fact that UFC is ruthless, man. Sometimes they just really won't give a fuck. And uh, it's just a... Weird, weird scenario, weird landscape when it comes to that. But you know, it's like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm tired and I'm exhausted of about these guys not wanting to fight. I'm not saying that they want to fight, but every time I mention people saying that, oh, the next fight to make is Kamara versus Colby, I don't even feel like they want to fight, man. That's that's my opinion. I know, like I said, I'm a guy that really likes to look at it from all angles of it, but I, I don't believe that they want to fight until I see the fight. Uh, obviously, Colby on that side. I do think Kobe is a man of his word, and like I said, I had no problem with what he's asking for. But Kamaru, the champion, you just won your fight, and yet, yet you're, you're trying to call the shots. It wasn't even an exciting fight, and and people compare him to Khabib. Now it's gonna get me pissed off talking about this, but um, it's just irrit- it irritates me. It pisses me off. I don't want I don't I don't want people that don't want to fight. I don't want to watch people that don't want to fight. So if you want to fight, you want to fight, show up, show up. If you're not, then I'm just going to move on, move along. So that's why I said I didn't have any problem with the BMF title, the whole Diaz, Masvidal thing, press conference, all that. I don't have a problem with all this freak show fights because people are bullshitting and they aren't um, showing up to fight. So at the end of the day, fuck that. You guys need to fight regardless of the numbers because the UFC is the one that employs you. The UFC is the one that puts these fights on. And without the UFC, who where the fuck would you be at? Nowhere. Exactly. Shut up. Doesn't matter. Especially Kamaro, man. You're not you're nowhere near the, the level of Khabib. I mean, you look at the way um, Kamaro handled Tyron Woodley was super impressive, massive, amazing performance. But, like, dude, don't be calling the shots yet. I know I understand you're the champion. I understand you deserve to get paid what you owe, what you deserve, but you're holding out, man. The UFC is going to strip you. There's, the fact that they threatened to strip him before, dude, it's like they're not playing, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like For me, personally, I can understand where they're coming from, but I'm not delaying my own fights, man. I can't sit around that long, man. I'm, I'm a guy that would want to keep being active. I'm going to stay active, man. I'm not going to be one of those people that sit around and wait for people to come to me. Like I don't mind people like getting down their knees and bowing down to me, but I'm not fucking sitting around. And that shit pisses me off. I mean, there's a lot of exciting fights at 170 pounds that have been announced. But, you know, like, like I said, I heard Leon Edwards' interview earlier. I thought that was an exciting one, too. I do think he deserves to be in that mix. But, you know, with this whole trash talk bullshit era of the UFC, I'm not saying, I, I, I mean, this whole little money, the numbers, negotiations, so all this other bullshit, man. I just want to see some fights. That's all it is. But when it comes to these dudes, I'm just like, I, I don't believe they want to fight. Kamaru, I don't think he wants to fight. Leon Edwards, however, I do think he wants to fight. And I do think he deserves a title shot or a top contender fight next. I did hear on the Helwani show. Shout out to Ariel Helwani. You're the best in the game. Um, did say that he wanted, maybe, if not that fight, he would be fine with the number one contenders fight with, with uh, Tyron Woodley. I mean, Tyron Woodley coming back, I think that's an exciting uh, exciting fight. I mean, as I said, I do think that he uh, is uh, one of the best champions there is. And, you know, Tyron was the best welterweight of all time. One of the best of welterweights of all time, obviously. GSP being number one at that list. Um, 
But, you know, I think that that would make an interesting fight. I mean, Tyron seems like a guy that would accept the fight. I mean, Colby turned down a fight with Tyron recently, too. Tyron did post that. <laughs> did you guys see the the 6 9 meme that uh, Tyron made of Colby to where he just, like, <laughs> did he turn down a fight with three, three times? Everyone making those little 6 9 memes um, about, like, him him so like snitching and stuff like that by the way i ride with my peoples regardless of what happens on the inside or the outside i always ride with people that's called true loyalty so fuck all you guys that aren't loyal out there motherfuckers um but i thought that was pretty hilarious i mean tyrant's a great fight tyrant's a dangerous fight tyrant's a scary fight for anybody so i don't blame those guys for turning down fights with them so i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say and turn down fights when the fuck would i ever i would never turn down a fight in my entire life i don't give a fuck money wise or anything pride comes before anything i just want to put on exciting performances and that's what i'm gonna do come time like i said training december you guys are in trouble and people are in trouble man i just know it there's an aura behind me there's things that i know there's things there's just, there's just things that people don't know that they will know when the time comes i can't tell you when or how i'm just gonna tell you time's coming and time is like all i can tell you actually is that time is winding down and you guys are gonna have no choice but to know, to know. when you can when you see people get face planted and knocked out cold you're gonna see you're gonna see what the real deal is and really see how real i am when it comes to all that stuff so i'm really excited for all that shit too so um not only am i doing great with shows and stuff i'm gonna add everything else to the list and everything's just gonna be everything's gonna be in a perfect circle essentially so anyways um like i said fights to make Leon Edwards Tyron Woodley like I said I don't I don't really give a fuck about thinking about any other fights to make because I don't think these guys want to fight Colby Colby doesn't I mean Colby's turning down these fights uh Camaro turning down fights man fuck those guys right now it's not like me to say that but this shit pisses me off everyone talking about these fights that should be next? No, dude, shut up. These, these, they're, they're not going to fight, man. I don't know why you guys are even wasting your energy. That's why I didn't even make any attempts to try to, uh, you know, I didn't make any attempts to try to even think about what could be next because it's not going to happen. I just don't think these dudes want to fight. That's just the truth. But um, anyways, I think that's it. That's all we had. Other than that, like, fights to make. I mean, like a... I don't know, man. These guys, um, it's the best division, man. It's a log jam. Certainly a lot of talent up there. But as in when it comes to them fighting and actually showing up to fight, then that that's 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 another thing. If you have if you have music and you don't release it, what good's the music? If you have if you have fighters that don't fight, what good's the fighters? People are gonna forget. People people in this game, they they tend to forget about you if you're not fighting or if you're not competing or if you're a rapper. A lot of rappers. People like to roast rappers all the time. Like they, they, they reference it as falling off. That's what it's like. Essentially falling off. That's what these dudes do when they aren't fighting. They fall off. People don't give a fuck. They'll stop talking about you. So... Like I said, all I want to do is see these amazing competitors compete. Like all these guys, all those guys I mentioned, man, they're all fucking amazing people. Amazing, well, not many people, many fighters. They put on great performances. They've had amazing performances inside the octagon. Long contested top contenders. It's just a matter of showing up. It's just a matter of fighting, and it's a matter of executing. So, 
parting thoughts. I hope that all gets cleared up. I'm going to focus on the positives when it comes to the welterweight division. I don't think you guys ever heard me pissed off like that. But I was generally pissed when I, when I was talking about that. But I calmed down a little bit. Like, I don't know. It's not, it's not worth getting mad about. But it's just when you care about the sport and you're deep into the sport like I am, that shit, that shit, there's things that really get to you when it comes to certain landscapes. But um, anyways, guys, that is it for us, I think. Nothing else to cover. We covered a lot. Hour plus. Definitely appreciate you guys for joining us. I love each and every one of you. Baby girl, I love you. Mwah. Love each and every one of you guys. Hope you didn't mind my little kiss in all you guys' ear, depending on what you're listening on, like a speaker or your headphones. Hope you don't mind. Just kidding. Um, but like I said, I appreciate you guys for joining us here on this episode of Kicking It With The King. Like I said, we are available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and all your other major podcast providers. I appreciate each and every one of you guys yet again. Said it for the third time in a row. Um, great show talked about a lot covered a lot and you know we'll continue to keep on doing that you guys are my motivation all these people my skills just working on myself day by day and getting better with every single episode and excited like I said, a lot of exciting stuff coming up and and continuing to keep doing that keep striving to be excellent and that's the best part about it um Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at G the King MMA. Follow our podcast page at KWTK Pod on Instagram and Twitter. One more time, KWTK Pod on on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez. Um, if you want to follow our podcast page directly, you can visit it at www.anchor.fm slash G Meeker MMA show. And for anybody who wants to start a new podcast or, or, you know, venture into that kind of um, area, you can also download the Anchor app also on your um, Google Play app store or your iPhone app store, whatever you want to call it, iOS store, whatever the fuck you, whatever the fuck you call it. Um, you can download the Anchor app there or directly visit the website, anchor.fm slash start. Ladies and gentlemen, appreciate each and every one of you guys yet again. We will be back next week. See you guys. See you guys then. G the King out, baby.